When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bij Burger King gebeuren spannende dingen. Wat dacht je van een classic cheeseburger, chicken nuggets burger of sundae voor maar 1 euro per stuk? En dat is nog niet alles. Alle King deals zijn maar 1 euro. Haal ze nu alleen bij Burger King. Hallo everybody and welcome to uh, this evening's Liverpool Echo Everton podcast. Uh, it's Monday night and we're looking back at what was truly a dismal Afternoon at Goodison yesterday, the Blues of course lost 2-1 to Swansea City and for good measure we'll be looking at uh, 24 hours ahead or 48 hours ahead rather I should say the Manchester City second leg of the League Cup semi-final at the Etihad a chance to maybe redeem what happened on well yesterday but hope things to get much much worse but first we'll open up so I should say we're joined obviously as ever by Gav, Tony and drafted in uh, a quick loan signing of Ian Kroll. Okay. A million dollar crawler. We'll start with you, Tony, because you look like a man on the edge. Wouldn't yesterday, <laughs> I'm not the only one, am I? Um, There's thirty-five thousand of them there yesterday. Witnessed that. It's uh, it's on borderline disgraceful. What's happening at the moment? It really is. It's a, the form at home is nothing but disgusting. Three wins at home all season. It's just not acceptable. And then three teams that are against two of them are the worst teams in the league. And one was that Chelsea team was going through a down spiral. Um, there's nothing I can muster up to be positive about with Everton at the moment. I'd love to be going into a semi-final, probably one of the biggest games of Roberto Martinez's tenure, ten, yeah, if not the biggest, because there's massive amounts of pressure off him. I spoke to a lot of Everton fans outside the grounds, obviously trying to interview them, and a few of them, they're, they're not happy. They're, 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 what I found with them, they were sort of expecting it and... and this is predictable now, as if, listen, this is where we are and teams have found Everton out at home and it's just simply not good enough and I feel sorry for these fans because there's going to be, you know, sorry, because there's going to be 8,000 of them there on Wednesday and the way the club, the way the football team are playing right now, the players do not deserve this support. The, the manager and the, and the players need to have a long, hard look at themselves, especially at home. Uh, Roberto Martinez came up with a couple of quotes saying, listen, the players are fearful like Goodison Park. Well, whose fault's this? It's not the fans' fault. It's the players and the manager have got to stand up here. The, that team right now shouldn't be nowhere near where it is and something has got to happen for it to change. Gav? Yeah, follow that. I agree, I agree. I mean, I think the first I thought yesterday was probably... I was trying to think of a worse performance, certainly at Goodison, uh, under Martinez, and I think the players and the manager know that. But it's just sort of crystallised, really, some of our biggest faults over the last, say, 18 months of, like, maybe the goalkeeper's not as great as what it should be, defending certainly not as great as it should be, playing only for 45 minutes, sluggish start, you know, losing the ball in, you know, awkward positions, you know, in our half of the pitch. You know, all those things that have been sort of apparent in our place since, our, you know, our great first season mm. sort of, like, happened all in the space of, of one game. And, and I think... Um, that was the, the real frustrating part of it. It's not it wasn't something there that we've not really seen before. It was just the same thing. Typified by the first goal and I, I thought it was a, a really, really poor performance yesterday and, and um 
you know, at, at the same time, pick, and then we pick on this later, I don't think tomorrow is that great important to me. It's all about the league for me, that about how we're progressing. I, I don't think I don't think tomorrow's that make or break season now. Absolutely not. I think it's all about the league for me. Ian, just again sticking for now with yesterday. What did you make of it? Because you know, obviously, you were there uh, as as a blue more than anything else. Yeah, obviously, it was a it was a terrible performance. Probably the worst performance of the season. There was no fight. There was no desire. Um, you know, players just looking like they did. They didn't care. And Swansea outbattled us, um, and they didn't have that much quality over us. But I just thought that. There was absolutely no desire whatsoever from from them players there, and just to touch back on Tony's point, sort of a lot of tweets that went out on Twitter yesterday saying the fans are to blame, and I am not one to say that the fans are to blame, but I don't think they helped the situation, and I'm sort of minority of the crowd, certain sections of the crowd, and what I'm talking about is when Howard catches a ball or when John Stone. John Stones lumps the ball up the field. The sarcastic cheers and jeers, and that that's that's fr- that shows the frustration of the players. That doesn't help one little bit. Now I'm going to go back to um, QPR home last season. I I believe this has stem- stemmed from that game. We were three one up with one minute to go, and a ball was passed back to Jagielka, and the crowd booed. We were three one up, and we were we were coasting, and ever since then. I don't know. We didn't. We didn't go. We didn't win a game for months since then. Now I'm not saying it's not the crowd at all. The, the fans are to blame. It it goes right back to Roberto and it goes right back to the players. It starts from there and then the crowd get involved. But I, th- I feel at this time there's a lot of there's a there's a lot of poison around the place at the minute and we need to pull together as a club. Don't I don't, you, I don't know. Sorry, don't you think the fans are? The fed up with the way they're watching the team play. You've got a right to say, I'm not happy about this. This, yeah, yeah. this isn't on. I'm watching teams just come to Goodison and players off the park, and they're not decent teams. Stoke. How does that translate to what you're saying to Jerry and a goalkeeper when he makes a catch? Well, ever had the other, I've seen when Simon Minnelli catches crosses, I've seen the Liverpool crowd react exactly the no, same. But I'm, not, like, I'm not saying I'm not that's right by Liverpool fans. Not, what I mean is, I can see where Ian's coming from there. Again, it's the minority. Yeah. Yeah. But it all cont- now it's they're playing a small part in what the larger problem is. And the larger problem is what Roberto Martinez, despite what he says, has got to hold his hands up for and the players. But there's a minority of fans who in my opinion are compounding a bad situation so, making it worse. So I know these professional footballers, don't you think they've played in atmospheric stadiums ten times worse than the way it is at Goodison Park? They're at home. Uh, yeah, and what? So you tell me yeah, that Tim Howard hasn't you, performed for America in these arenas where it's the bad hostility. You usually of course it's, it's the opposition fans yeah. who, are do, who are doing the jeering and against them. I can understand where you come up from for that, but surely to God, the professional footballers, there's 11 against 11, and regardless of whether there's sarcastic cheers or not, or there's moans and groans, that 11 against Swansea's 11 should be beating it I nine times out of ten. I mean, people are quick enough to say that the Goodison Bear Pit and the Goodison famous atmosphere under lights at night gets players up and, and rouses them and unites the players. So you can't have it both ways. Equally, when there is a little bit of toxicity, if you like, it's going to get into some players' minds. But I can't under I can't sorry, emphasise enough, I am not, like Ian says, blaming the fans. Yeah, for this, no, no. this mess is of the players and the managers, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think. I think I'm, I'm 
old school that if you pay money you're entitled to do what yeah, you want a football ground and I think um, saying that about outplaying I'm not sure whether you're outplayed yesterday there was a you know, I don't want to call to start. We had 18 attempts on goal yesterday. How many were on target? Two on target. That, that was the one thing. That's against the poor, poor Swansea you know, team eight, that had eight, on. 18 attempts on goal and just two of them on target. I think the first one was probably only, was it? A lame as a About 15 minutes in mm-hmm. time. And, you know, you're looking at that. And I was thinking, you know, like today, in a parallel universe, this is a shot goes in after six minutes, doesn't it? Yeah. And he stays on the pitch. Mm. You know, uh, you know, fit, and you might have seen a completely yeah. different game. Then, I mean, and with mitigation, and I think the best said this mitigation yesterday. There was one piece was the fact that two of our informed players went off injured in the first We've half. We've had no luck with injuries. You know, so, you make so, your own luck. I'm, I'm not I, I appreciate that. that, but I'm not saying that was the cause of our bad performance yesterday. That was one mitigating factor. And I actually, thought Pino came out. I thought he was half decent for certainly for parts of the second half, um, but. It was just 18 shots on goal, and it was that you know. And lots of people have said this today in the second half, they the fame must have put in three or four really good threatening crosses into the uh, you know, in and around the six yard mm. box. That was uh, Lukaku, I think, nearly got on the end of one, didn't he? And uh, but no, but there's nobody in yeah, and around. And this like, is what you we know, were saying the other day, wasn't you know, we? So, there's so much pressure on this young lad to score us goals, and if he no. doesn't, who does? Now, I made to mention before about Stephen A. Smith, he had it all well and good to have an eight million quid in the bank. Are you telling me you wouldn't have been on the end of one of them crosses? Well, I, I've said that. I said that on countless occasions. Three, three brilliant crosses from Delafeu, and no, no one was anywhere near them. That's what Stephen, I mean. What's the point in selling? Like, okay, eight million is fantastic money for Stephen Naismith, mm-hmm. but you know we brought a fullback on, or albeit an attacking fullback in Seamus Coleman. But really, we needed a striker to come on that pitch and and do yeah. the job and find the goals and. Three fantastic crosses in the middle of the six-yard box. Stephen Naismith would have been there without a doubt. I haven't said that. She was had like two, two decent off about one, one clear and miss right at the end, you know. Yeah. And but I do think the Lukaku point is, you know, it's a regular discussion point for us. Is that I'm not sure he's hundred percent fit at the moment. I mean, he's he's injured. He, he's maybe just a little tailed off a little bit. But it is like our options there. That is a bit of a worry. For me, and it does go back to the I say the the transfer window about anything that can be done. But I just thought it was just a bit sluggish yesterday, and his first touch wasn't as good as what it has been in in the last three or four four months, and and that's a bit of a worry. I, I was all I was going to say. I was laughed. I was laughed out the room by my mates the other day about this. I think Lukaku needs Kone when he when he's on the pitch. I think he struggles when Kone's not there. If you look at Lukaku's statistics and goals, Kone's always been in and around Lukaku when he scored goals. And okay, he scored three goals against Chelsea and Morales was the, the main man there. Morales got taken off. Uh, brought on Tom Cleverley, wasn't it? Um not really an attacking yeah. player to, to help Lukaku, but I'm not saying Kone is the answer, but I feel when Lukaku does, you know, he's got he does have a poor touch, he still needs to work on it, but when he loses the ball, Coney is always there to pick it up and he's in and around him. I think the manager agrees with you, funnily enough, because I think he said, he's alluded to on a number of occasions, you know, Coney is more than just his, his individual contribution in terms of goals, which you would hope so, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah. Because <laughs> after, but, yeah, but I think you've got a good point in that yeah. he does bring the best out of Lukaku. I think once didn't he describe playing alongside Coney as like heaven? And yeah. I think there's a little bit of truth behind what you're saying. Well, up, he up, does enhance Lukaku's performance. Yeah. Up until yesterday, we were still playing some great attack on football. It was just the defence that was the issue. You know, we had a front three, front three of uh, Lukaku, 
Cognate and Delafeu, and we were scoring goals for fun. We all knew we knew all knew where the issues were coming from. Um, I say I don't think Cognate's like the answer. And I don't think he's like the one to take us forward. But I just felt him alongside Lukaku certainly helps him up front. Yeah, yeah. I think Cognate's not. I think maybe because of his age as much as anything else. Um, he's not going to come in and play a run of 15, 20 games. I think he's no, going yeah. to come in for four or five games, yeah. isn't he? Like yeah. to to picky games on on the run. Like uh, like he did before Christmas, and then like ease him out of the team and, and rest them, and maybe this is the four or five games to to do it, you know. And I, and I agree. I think they did look like an old fashioned slight partnership for for a month or two, didn't yeah, they? Uh, effective one as well um, in October and November, and I certainly think that that's something that's worth worth revisiting. One thing I'm going to ask you, Greg, is that I think we all seen it blatantly with our own eyes for the first goal. One thing that doesn't look healthy at the moment is the communication between the defence and goalkeeper. And I'm not just picking on John Stones or whoever it is, any certain individual, but it seems to me as if a lot of the defenders would prefer to either keep the ball or look for a different option than rather play the ball back to Tim Howard. And it's becoming, it's creeping into Everton's game quite a lot now. You can see the body language on a couple of the defenders. It's not right, is it? No, it isn't right, and I, you know, it's something we've discussed in in the press box. There, it does seem to be, in, in certain moments, some players tend to you look at it if they second guess themselves when when the normally you'd go back to the keeper and he'd just send it long back up the pitch. It does look from the outside looking in as if they were looking to go back to Howard. But and we had this debate yesterday. Well, not really. Cause I think you held, conceded it as well. That for me, that goal was. 70% Stones, 30% Howard. I'll give you 60-40 at, at the very most. But it, it hints at another problem we've got. And I think Michael Ball sums it up brilliantly in, in his column, which is on the website tonight, is that there's this sense that Martinez and other people are saying Everton should be playing development football, which is obviously your academy football, where you, you start out from the back and you, and you roll it to your full-backs and you play across the area. And mistakes are encouraged and accepted as long as you learn from them, and you know you play the right way, and that's all very well and good. But when you're playing Swansea City at Goodison Park and you're eleven, twelfth in the table, you know you, your hopes of going in the top four up in smoke. You've got the best team that you've had in a long time, and let's face it, a couple of those key members of that team are likely to not be yeah. there in the summer. Yeah, there's a time and place for being absolutely embedded in one doctrine, one style, one philosophy. For me, you've got to be flexible and you've got sometimes to play to your strengths and to realise like a pragmatism. Now, David Moyes is a name that keeps gets getting thrown up today because I think one book he has him down as five mm-hmm. to one to be the next yeah. ever manager. But that's ridiculous for me. But there are elements of the way he used to set up his team and the way he used to approach football that I've always just thought if Martinez could kind of take the best of that and the best of his philosophy you'd have such a winning combination. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, there's two points there. I think Jamie Carragher said the same thing, didn't he? I think on Saturday that, like, uh, being a defender is, like, uh, playing the percentages, isn't it? It's, like, not gambling and just, like, taking, the being pragmatic, as you say. Um, the second thing is, I, and I don't want to quote, but it's this thing about can't defend or whatever, like, seeing, I said the other week, the night before the Chelsea game, we had the second-best away record defensively in the Premier League. Up until the time. And they've still got one of the best away records in the, defensively in the Premier League. Now I think it's like eleven or twelve goals in ten or eleven games, which is which shows you that that 
we can't if we won't set ourselves out to defend away from them. We can, but away from we're, 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 up, we're, yeah. we're comfortable with teams coming on onto us. Where it's it, where we find it difficult is we're coming onto them and we lose the ball, and we find ourselves defensively out of the position. Mm-hmm. And you know it happened yesterday, didn't it, for the second goal? And there's maybe twenty two goals we conceded this year. There's probably maybe a third or a half of them where at some point that's happened and that's contributed to the to the goal where mm-hmm. we certainly against Leicester. Uh, one or two, you know, and Stoke, uh, where that's happened, and that's our problem. I think we can defend, and we have done against Tottenham at home. If if you have a certain style, but our problem is where we try and sort of like put pressure on the opposition and have players forward up the pitch. Our problem is is reacting when the opposition get the ball and, and turn us over, mm. and and I think that's the problem. I think we can defend the young got our away record. It's it's that in game. Management, there, they say, our favourite word. That, that's the problem. I understand we, we, we can defend, but the way Roberto Martinez has set his teams up to, up to play is that we can defend away from home. It, the, Everton are really good away from home. You, you can see yeah. that they're, they're easy to watch and they are great to watch, but at home, they can't. It's just plain and simple. When they are asked, as you just said, when they are asked to press a team and try and beat them at home when the pressure's on, they obviously can't do it. So obviously he, something's amiss. He needs to adapt there, yeah. and it's just sh- it's well the proof's in the pudding. He can't adjust to it, can he? He can't adapt to yeah. his own fault. And, and I think also as well, there's another thing which I think where we are vulnerable, and it's happened maybe six, seven times this season, is we concede one and then concede another. Mm. Sort of a key yeah. moments in game yeah. within ten minutes. It's happened. Though. It's happened. Yeah. To, yeah. Happened to Chelsea. It happened against Bournemouth. Happened against Stoke. Uh, it's happened five or six times this season. Sunderland was another yeah. one, even though we won the game. Yeah. Is that, and even yesterday, it was, wasn't that much different. Two and the first half, Swansea hadn't scored the first half goal that day for eight away no. matches, you know. You know, we conceded one and then the, the, the other one came yeah, 10, in, 15 in minutes quick later. Succession. You know, yeah. I think there's a little bit, I mean, the more I think about it, the way Martinez sets up his team at Goodison, there's a lot of pressure on your two. Well, I say two holding midfielders. They're not always two. Sometimes yeah. it's one. But if it was Gareth Barry and James McCarthy or Mohamed Besic, Besic or, or McCarthy have always been so important in providing that shield. And look, I know I know what you're saying. So it was terribly unfortunate that Besic went off so early. Then with no McCarthy, obviously you get Cleverly. Cleverly, I love Tom Cleverly, mm-hmm. but he's not a McCarthy or a Besic in that sense. He does get. He lets himself drift further up the pitch. Mm. And Gareth Barry, for all that he is, you know, he's played... I thought he might have rested them yesterday, to be honest, and he didn't. He's played a lot of football lately. I think if you watch the second goal... He he's off, doesn't he? Yeah, he gets caught a bit. Mm. I, I think we've missed James McCarthy. I do, but yeah. not that I'm saying he'd get his game ahead of best at the moment. And I think yeah. that injury, for me, just summed up the misery... Of Everton yeah. at Goodison Park recently. It, it, nothing. It feels like nothing can go right. It does, and the injuries were terribly bad luck. But I just felt like even during the match, you knew Martinez was gonna go to them injuries and say, "This is why we lost the game." Well, no, I yeah. don't think he said. I think he, he put his mitigation as, as a contributing factor. I think, but and it was. But you have got to remember that there's ten or eleven players yesterday were on the pitch, where. Way below par, weren't Well, yeah, of course they were. But you know, we, that's we, the thing. We didn't bring on youth players. We brought on no. Tom Beverley, who won the league with Man United, mm. and Steve PNR, who's captain South Africa. But if you have a look at that, PNR, and they, but I'm just wondering about what their levels of match fitness are. True, I well, mean, that, you said, I agree. I, I think, think I'm not sure whether Cleverley's 100% match fit. I think, you know, what you said about Kone, maybe that was 
mm. when Morales went off, that was an opportunity to bring Kone on. I don't know, um, but it was, it was frustrating. It's all well and good setting your team up, and you know we know there's issues when we haven't got the ball and when we've got the ball and what we need to do better. But I don't believe John Stones and Tim Howard have got any trust in each other yeah, whatsoever. Totally and now, yeah. well, it's not even now. It should have happened months ago. One of them needed to be dropped, and we all know who it should have been. Yeah. Should have been Howard. I'm going to say it, obviously. Um, Joel should have been given his chance. And he's been given his chances in the court, and he's performed, and he's still not getting his chances in the league. And it's costing us. I don't blame Howard for that goal against that uh, Swansea scored first. But there's just no trust in that defence and Tim Howard whatsoever. So, and it's just causing nervousness. So my, my concern is that the manager needs... Uh, look, any leader, I suppose any manager needs to be single-minded and back his own opinion. But we're getting to a point now with Howard where... Martinez has shown loyalty to him and he, he's had little flickers of reward for it. His performance at the Etihad. Um, Spurs away. Spurs, yeah. You know, he That's has made some saves. Hold on a sec. But what I'm, what I'm getting at is he's shown him that loyalty. Now I think it's time to show the full team some loyalty and say, Martinez talks about letting football make his decision when he, he comes to selection. Now, Unless Robles is literally stinking Finch Farm out in training, <laughs> and this is such or a redundant, it's such a redundant <laughs> argument, but I think he, I think he's making a really bad series of decisions by not giving Robles a chance yeah. now because it's getting to the point where, you know, whatever your loyalty you have to one player, it's causing bigger problems. But the way Everton are playing at the moment, obviously with that hindsight, is that it's not working, is it? Obviously, Changing. it's not working. Roberto Martinez. Is not going to change that way. So that's why I can't see us getting any further up the league. If anything, we're looking over our shoulder now. We used to be looking there going, we'll catch, we'll catch Liverpool, we'll catch Stoke, we'll catch Pat. And you're looking over your shoulder now, thinking Bournemouth, Norwich, West Brom. You're going, there's no way he's going to change the way Everton are playing. Well, and that's I mean, the, the thing is, thing about the thing it. is, he, he will change will away from he, home. Yeah. And he did change a bit for Tottenham. Yeah. He changed for the City game. And for me, then he, he then reverts when Swansea come. And say, well, we'll play around them. But Swans, these teams are no mugs. They, they have highly paid analysts. Mm. And, you know, all amateurs. But you can see they had a high press. They came. Yeah. They never stopped. Yeah. And they unsettled Evan and didn't allow them to play around them. They squeezed that space for Barry. That's and, just like the one manager being in charge. And that's one yeah. week for the manager. Yeah. So it's pretty, I wouldn't say easy, but it's evident how to stop Everton playing the way Martinez is prime way. But he seems to think that. The way that he did against City and Tottenham is only for clubs of that ilk. Well, for me, I'd like to see a mixture of that yeah. pragmatism, if you like. Because there were times against City in, in the first leg. Yeah, we were a bit more defensive, but we were also quite entertaining at times. To watch. Yeah. I preferred watching that than mm. it did yesterday. And yeah, not just because of the result, because yeah, yeah, totally of the performance. Yeah. Well, Spurs at home, that was a classic example mm. where we were under the cost where we were 45 minutes, but the second half, you know, we looked more likely yeah. to score at the end mm. against a very, yeah. very good team, yeah. you know. Um, and, and and I agree. It's just the, the other points about yesterday, which people have mentioned, is did and I know we mentioned in the podcast last Friday. Uh, did you know? I know you don't want to talk about Wednesday's game, but did Wednesday's game impact on like people had one eye on that yesterday in the in the performance? Um, which is a, you well, know, yeah, no, you know, that, 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 that was an interesting thing. Um, and you know. I, I don't think that was the case because you, but the, not Jack Elka being rested. Yeah, but did the players on the pitch? Yeah, I mean, but 
that contributed to the team selection. But until about like you know, the, I, I, whether players were weary or um, generally like maybe knocked off a couple of percent in performance to save themselves a little bit for Wednesday, I'm not sure. You know, but mm. that was another thing that would be brought well, that up to well, me well, on Friday. Yeah, you know, I think he's, I think that to back up what you're saying. Obviously, the manager had Wednesday in mind because Coleman didn't start, Oviedo did, and it was underlined that again for what Oviedo is, he isn't he absolutely isn't a right back, and we saw that. You know, he, he had difficulties during the game when he was trying to get forward. Bless him, it wasn't his fault, but he was having to cut inside or mm. try and mad cross with the outside of his mm. left foot when it was more natural to try and. He's you know he's predominantly a left-footed player, mm. so. You know, Coleman was clearly not started with Wednesday in mind. In the end, he came off the bench, and that was the biggest hint mm. to, towards that, I felt. But the selection owed to it. However, then you get into the team that started. If I'd said to you all, we did, didn't we? Yeah, on yeah, Friday, yeah, yeah, yeah. We all did our predictions. Yeah. Yeah. I think 2 I said 1. 2 1. You said 2 1. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah. There was 3 0. I said yeah. 3 1. Yeah. We were all confident we had enough to beat Swansea. Yeah. So, so somebody tweeted me last night and said I knew we were going to get beat on Sunday and listen to the podcast and all four says everything we're going to win <laughs> well let's look I mean obviously this will some of yesterday will still bleed into it but you know Wednesday we're going to go to the Etihad again are we going to go and hopefully watch that more pragmatic defensive display or are we going to go and watch like a repeat of Kiev in the Europa League last season where we go and try and attack City and get It'll be interesting to see to see Roberto Martinez set up on Wednesday because as uh, we done it last year and we were two one up against Kiev going into the second leg, and you know what happens over there we 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 went behind and then next minute we went in front again. You're thinking laying from that, laying from that, but it was still no. We're, we're flying forward, flying forward, and in the end we got embarrassed. So it'll be interesting to see how he um, sets up against Manchester City. Oh, Man Man, United, Man City have got a quite if they got in the cup on the weekend it'd be quite an easy game. Play Villa, is it? Play Villa. So yeah, yeah. They, their eyes are going to be firmly set on us. I'm just dreading it. if we can hold hold out for say the first twenty minutes and basically set our stall out and be hard to beat and maybe hit them on the counter. Then I'll be happy with that. But if City get an early goal, their tails are going to be up. And I feel for the confidence of the Everton players at the moment because we've seen for ourselves the body language isn't the best at the moment at Everton. Is it? But it'll be different, sorry, just quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll have 8,000 Evertonians fiercely backing them on Wednesday. There'll be lots of like, you know, it'll be the usual partisan, the away fans, as mm. brilliant as they are, hugely backing them. And it'll feel like a little piece. Well, it won't feel like a little piece of Goodison. It'll feel like, yeah. you know, Everton on the road again, yeah. where, where things are so different from, a, you know, in, in Liverpool four at the moment. Yeah, I mean, the other aspect of uh, of Wednesday then from turning from yesterday is like, what's the team going to be? Mm-hmm. Well, Rob Lesnar's in goal you know, for the kickoff. Yeah, but you know, because obviously, I, so. I, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I think it's been confirmed that. Morales and Bessie to both of our house. That's if so, he's been you know, yeah, entirely yeah. honest. You spoke before, Greg, about the importance of like defensive midfielders and sort of like mentioned James McCarthy. Yeah. And, you know, well, I'm assuming that you'd want two mm. defensive midfielders so, yeah. in front yeah. of the back four on uh, on on Wednesday. So who do we who do we put in there? Um, we've obviously got some issues, you know, with Morales not being fit. It's about how would you play you know your top three or four so regardless of the tactics I think they'll be they'll be shaped some to some degree by the team that you can put out on Wednesday mm. um, I thought I mean again because of the injuries McCarthy wasn't on the bench anyway no. but I wonder 
with McCarthy not having played a minute of football, you'd imagine, unless he's had behind closed doors game, it might be too soon for him. He's expected so um, cleverly, expect cleverly, wouldn't cleverly you, to Barry? play with Gareth Barry. So you're going to need cleverly. Listen, again, I can't emphasise enough. I think he's been superb. Before the last couple of games, we had that injury, picked mm. up a game, but he's going to have to be really kind of switched on the defensive side of his game because Aguero is getting oh. towards that, fair, that form where it's frightening at the moment, yeah. isn't it? No, he's looking good. The, the other concern for me as well is Delafeu, his fitness. Um, you know, for me, he didn't do enough first half. And then second half, when he did get in, they did get involved and he delivered three quality crosses. You know, he, he, he was bending over, he couldn't, he, was, he couldn't catch his breath. Um, and that was only about 15, 20 minutes into the second half. So is he going to be able to play in 90 minutes? I don't, I don't, I don't think he is. No, it's interesting you should say that about Delafeu. To me, I thought he... He was poor yesterday, I thought. Apart from them three crosses, we didn't see a lot of him. He was literally blowing. We, we, we seen him, didn't he? And he was blown for tugs with an hour gone. He couldn't get his breath. Yeah. So, obviously, there's a fitness issue there. And looking on to Wednesday, it's going to be even worse. But as it just shows you what match of the day can do. I was sat there with um, two Liverpool fans watching it yesterday. And they were saying, tell a fair, you look like he's had a cracker here. Yeah. I said, take it from me. The lad didn't. He's put three, don't forget, really top quality balls in the Chevron should have scored from. But apart from that, he's done nothing. I think wasn't he the official man of the match over Ashley Williams? Yeah. Ashley Williams is the best player on the pitch, yeah. by the way. In Delafeu's defence, he could say, Well, I'm a winger, so you're not gonna get like ninety minutes of and then you know ninety minutes of like complete uh, commitment and sort of like memorable moments. He's there, isn't he, to provide during the game three or four moments of magic that can lead to a couple of goals. He would argue that yesterday I did that on three clear occasions mm-hmm. and on none, none of them were one of the forwards able to get in and, and, and justify that for 19 minutes, uh, Gav, surely. Well, uh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I can't, I'm not saying justify for 90 mm-hmm. minutes, but he could. It wasn't as if he did nothing. He put three quality no, balls. Well, that was in, it. I can't like, remember you know, anything like, else. What's a wing? I'm not sure. I didn't what see him chasing back and helping us all back. Does he, does, does, I mean, to be fair, I don't think that's one of the things he does do. Really, well, he's going to have to learn, isn't he? Yeah. He's going to have mean, to learn. He does it on occasion. Yeah. I don't want to be harsh on him, but it got to the point where it was actually embarrassing because we were on the attack and Coleman had the ball, and I can't remember who else was with him on the right hand side attacking the guard's seat, but. He was behind the two Everton players with his hands on his hips. It's not yeah, the first yeah, time. Yeah. Yeah. It happened against Leicester. Yeah. And he was like, he doesn't want to know. Well, everyone was like, we need you to join this attack, get involved, and he could, he couldn't physically do it. And for me, that's what I would be doing because yeah. I'm not a professional footballer. For him, I'm sorry, but that was embarrassing. That yeah, totally it really agree. Was. And it just shows you how, how how it can be seen for someone looking on the telly. Looks as if he's had a cracking game, but he's gonna. He, we're gonna be needing to rely on him on Wednesday. We're going to have to be relying on this lad to produce us a bit of magic, which he's done in this in this competition this season. Well, he point. really has. He's going to have to do a lot more running because he needs to be an outlet for when City are bombarding. Go after yeah. start. I was going to say, is, is it a, are you assuming that he'll start? Well, what's the other option? There's Coney starters. Coney Lennon, yeah. There's a possibility he will with Lennon because yeah. he didn't bring him on on Saturday, did he? Yeah. He brought a full-back on instead of him. Well, it just shows you how badly Oviedo was out of his depth on the, on the wrong side. Oh, exactly. Yeah. And to be fair, Coleman did come on and sort of half created a chance and then missed, you know, a sitter at the end, didn't he? Yeah. So he had an impact. Yeah. Does, does Lennon do a little bit more defensively? Than yeah, definitely. He, does, so, uh, he will. So He's got a lot more running in I, I think the fact that he didn't play yesterday, maybe that indicates that he will He will start yeah. him. Yeah. Um, so that that would be interesting uh, to see what happens. So I can't see Dara Feu in that, in that context actually starting on Wednesday, though. One thing I'm going to ask you, Greg, 
the centre-half pairing tomorrow, who do you think it'll be? Wednesday. Sorry, Wednesday. Yeah, we're all getting our time zones confused, yeah. aren't we? Well, I got the ground mixed up a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> yeah. so I can't... Uh, so can't what are we talk. going for, centre-half pairing, he'll go with? On form, it should be Phil Jagielka and Ramiro Funes Mori. Who will he go with, though? Stones and Jagielka. Do you agree with that, Cal? <laughs> it's a good point. I, 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 I agree with Greg. Uh, I, I, I finished money. I saw like some real disparity in the, the assessment of his performance yesterday. I thought he was okay and so did some I, real yeah. like scolding like uh, ratings for him. You know, was just up for, for fair game on he, that one. Yeah, one uh, but I think it'll be I think it'll be Stones and Jags. But I wouldn't be averse, you know, Jags and Funes Mori. What do you think? No, yeah, I, I can't I can't argue with that. To be fair, I think. Stones is not in a, a you know great form at the moment. Um, would it be be the best idea to drop him and then would his confidence completely drop? I don't know. Um, but on form, then obviously your you two your, your partnership would be Jackson. For me, I'd I'd start Stones on on two reasons because you've got a different goalkeeper in on Wednesday and it's away from home. So I think that will be that'll help him a lot for for Wednesday. I think obviously with the home crowd, it's it's edgy the way it is. And one thing he did touch upon is Rio Ferdinand made a couple of tweets, didn't he? Um, basically having a pop at the Everton fans for sure not basically having a go at the Everton's young players. But what I have found, and I can see where exactly where Rio was coming from to a certain extent, although he's just thinking about basically nursing these players till yeah. they get into the England squad and be sold for Real Madrid and Barcelona. So yeah. I think that was uncalled for. But I can see where he's coming from, as in, I think some of the Everton fans at the moment are having a little dig at certain players, and then especially our young lads. I think if John Stones or Ross Barkley make a mistake, it's they're getting edgy with them. Whereas if a Lukaku makes a mistake or Leighton Baines make, makes a mistake, it's nothing gets said. Now, surely that's not right, surely. I yeah, think, but, but, so, yeah, sorry, sorry, just a quick one. I think you're probably right there. I agree with you, but I'm not trying to, you know, but. That's contradictory because you you started this podcast by saying the fans haven't got they've got no influence on the the players can't afford or nobody can say the fans aren't part of this problem. You know, yeah. you giving the impression that you did. I said it's not all. It's it's, it's no, maybe well, we one minor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I said it's not helping, yeah. but they are entitled. Basically, as Gab said, they are entitled. So they're entitled. They're entitled when Stones dwells on a ball. Yeah. Let's have a moment about yeah. that. I, I totally agree with that. But why they're just picking on little certain things? Maybe is it me? That they're picking on Bar, no, not picking on, but having a little pop at Stones and Barkley because they probably know in this time next year they won't be here. Well, Stones has had one chance for a request yeah. already, hasn't mm. he? But yeah. I think they love to see Stones when he's doing the right things. What's frustrating them? I think it, it stems from that calm down against Stoke. Yeah, it stems from that. I think there's a little hint of arrogance coming into his play. I mentioned it in my piece yesterday, yeah. but yeah, I know. No, I was just I I, I agree. Um, and. You've seen the arm pointing and stuff on the pitch, but there's other players who do that. The only thing, final thing about Wednesday, do you think there's scope to play Stones at right back and play Furnas Mori? If Colby's I'm just thinking because City have been quite hard, strong on the left hand side, aren't they? Like, certainly Goodison, remember, in the league game. They absolutely, they, they, you know. Mm. And I think whether Seamus, not totally fit, whether he'd want to like make sure he's got a strong right hand side on Wednesday, so there's a way of like putting. All three centre halves in the same back four and strengthen the right hand side, where I think City can be quite strong uh, on on their left. That is, so um, I think that might might happen on on Wednesday night. I, I, I can't. I don't 
I don't agree with that, only for the fact that last time John Stones played right back for Everton, or one of the last times we conceded four goals against Liverpool. Mm. I just feel this is a game where we need balance in the team. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be vital that everyone knows their role and knows knows the position. Yeah. Um, if Coleman is 78% fit, I'd, I'd play him. Stones has played right back for England, don't forget. It's not, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's not a right back. I agree with Ian. He got away with one. Sterling gave him a, a tough ride last time at the Etihad. And he got away with a Stonewall penalty, John Stones. He's not a right back. He, he yeah. played right back, didn't he, when we conceded four? Am I wrong there? Against Liverpool. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it was yeah. a couple of years ago, and yeah. I think he's moved on to stand. I know what you're saying, but we did keep a clean sheet with him at right back, didn't we? He got away with a stonewall well, penalty. Okay, but he forget. could have been playing centre half then, couldn't he? You know, well, no, but he was on yeah, that right yeah. side when yeah, he fouled could, Sterling. He would never be near in a month or Sunday if he was playing centre half. You don't know, do you? But what I'm saying is, is that Seamus, if he's not 100 percent fit, which I'm assuming he isn't because he's he's not played for a bit and he was only on the bench on Sunday, whether you'd want to expose somebody's not 100 percent fit on the right hand side against City, who are you know, who are, who are quite strong on their left when they choose to be. So, it's just an option. Here's one for you. If you were desperate to keep the partnership of Funes, Mori and Jags and desperate to play Coleman, I'm not saying I would definitely do this, but is the scope for playing Stones in the centre of the midfield? Well, appreciate uh, uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I'd play no, with, with yeah, no yeah. With no Besic or yeah. McCarthy. You know? Just with the I, fact that there's not yeah. exactly... Yeah, I, I, I've said all... all Every podcast that Stones is back, Stones is wasted playing the centre defence. I'm playing further up the pitch. Mm. Oh, whether you do that, whether you do that in a league cup semi final, you'd have to see him against like, Carlisle, wouldn't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. See him play yeah. there. Yeah. But um, going back to this, obviously at the start of the podcast, Greg, we, we mentioned how big this game is for Roberto Martinez. Massive. He's through. He's in danger of throwing all his eggs in one basket here on one big game for Everton, isn't it? Yeah, obviously it's the FA Cup, but I think that's just mentioning that by the by, really, because. You know, there's a long, long way to go before you're even in, in any sort of like interesting position in that. But it's huge. And the thing is, once you've got through this, let's face it, it's gonna be Liverpool gonna get in the final, aren't yeah. they? So you're gonna have Liverpool at <laughs> oh dear, I don't want you're gonna have Liverpool at Wembley. Which it's well, just, we've got to beat them at Wembley sometime. Mm. We're not gonna beat Liverpool at Wembley by not playing Liverpool yeah, at Wembley, yeah. are we? It's gonna have to happen. It's just, yeah, I've seen us beat Liverpool at Wembley. So, uh, well yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, believe yeah. it ever happened. Yeah, that's it was an own goal as well, so we couldn't even do yeah. it like you know. But can I just say I said at the start, I think we shouldn't put too much weight on tomorrow's game. Okay, it's a League Cup semi final. But I don't think it's a measure of where we are at, at as a club and a team at the moment, whether we get through or not, is like that important to me. It's about the league, uh, and we should be judged on that. I think great if we beat City, and it's a bonus, but it's not a disaster. And like if we get beat, it's 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 how we do in the league is important. I think if we beat City, it's good that we hopefully pick up the league form. But I'm not sure whether a win or a loss tomorrow is totally it's going to indicate where we are and where we're going at the moment. Well, that puts the focus on the league, and that's just. Swansea are now four points behind us. Crisis Club Swansea. Chelsea are a point behind us. It doesn't look good in the league. Eight no. points ahead of the eighteenth. Uh, that's where we are. It, exactly, and that—that's my point. And it's sober in that. You know. it, and we've had one win. I think is it in ten, and that's that's to me is where we're going. And, and I think a win tomorrow may just would. I wouldn't say camouflage, but we'll just hide some of the the weaknesses that the people are working on to try and yeah. rectify. Well, I've got to emphasise that this. 
this generation of fans are absolutely desperate for the trophy. And I don't yeah. care what you say, yeah. they'd settle for 17th right now and lifting that League Cup in February, beating Liverpool. They'd be, as, as Preno said last week, he said Roberto Martins wouldn't need to buy a drink on County Road <laughs> for the rest of his life. No. Yeah, These fans will just, they will, will not be interested in any other league game. Yeah. All they're interested in is this game. And if they don't go through, there's going to be a massive amount of pressure on Roberto Martins every single league game from now forward. I'm glad Tony said that because I agree with him. And I think your league is your bread and butter, without a doubt. It was always that way in the Moyes, and it should always be that way under Martinez as well. Um, but I don't consider Moyes' uh, reign as an Everton manager a failure, but one of his biggest failures was obviously not winning a trophy yeah. um, and not being able to for- perform against the big teams in the big games. We play a big team in a big game on Wednesday night, and for me, Roberto Martinez and his team have got to win that game to show, not just me, everyone... Mm. Why he should still be at the club? Yeah, yeah, and and to be fair, we did that on the first leg, didn't we? I mean, we, we did, said yeah, in the podcast did, after the City game, it was refreshing to see us play yeah. a big, big team and a big occasion, do ourselves justice. So we we did do that. I mean, and I think you know, so that means we can do that again on Wednesday night. Um, so you know, maybe there's a little bit more pressure on us, but there's pressure on City as well. No, on, yeah, on, on 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 Wednesday. So there's there's um, it works both ways. So hopefully, you know, we can we can take off the you know the lessons from the first leg, not from Sunday going into uh, Wednesday's game. I just hope by a week Wednesday, when I go to Goodison Park against Newcastle, we're not out of both cups and I'm walking up to Goodison Park, just thinking, are we just got a relegation dogfight on our hands now? Mm-hmm. Because potentially that's what could happen, but it could go the other way as well mm-hmm. with a, a win in the semi-final and a win against Carlisle on Sunday. So there we are. I'm, I'm loath to, to ask for them, but it's a tradition on the podcast now for predictions. And the next game is this biggie that we're all talking about. So I am. I'm going to ask you. Um, Should we all go for the defeat? Well, <laughs> you're not tempted to, aren't you? Yeah. Hey, go on. I'm going to pick on you first. I just can't see City not scoring. So I'm going to say, I'm going to be positive, but I'm going to say 1 1. That'll, that'll put us through. So. I hate to say it, but I think we used our luck up last time we were there with that penalty. I really hope I proved them wrong because, honestly, these sets of supporters, they deserve a trip to Wembley. Honestly, really do. They're so, so loyal. And they're going to be in there in the droves. And it's going to be an unbelievable atmosphere. And I really, really hope they, they, the fans deserve it. The players should be looking at that away section on, on Wednesday and just be saying, we've got, to, we've got to send them to Wembley. I don't care what they say. Honestly. <sighs> I think I, I can't see it. I think City has scored an early goal, and I think that'll be. It. I just think the body language will just cave in. Um, yeah, I've got a funny feeling about us in the the Capital One Cup this season. That it, it, it sort of you know look as though you know got adds a bit of luck and stuff. And it's fifty years since we won the FA Cup, isn't it? And we beat Man City on the way to winning the FA Cup in nineteen sixty six. So with that that thing, I want to say get beat two one on the night. We'll go through on penalties. Jesus, Greg, <laughs> pressure. I think I've just got a funny speaking to Phil about it, and if someone's had a dream. Let's just put that. Well, I'm putting pressure on. But they, <laughs> they've had a dream like Martin Luther King. I, I reckon Evan and right so losing three two on the night would still send us through after extra time. After it? extra time, yeah. Yeah, I reckon that's what'll happen. I reckon mm. they get beat three two on the night and go through on the away goal rule after extra time. 
All we can say to finish up is make sure you leave early. We'll need all all 8,000 and plus of us uh, there in plenty of time after what happened the other week when it was Nightmare on the 62. Get there safely, get there nice and early and let's let's just do it. Let's get behind them. Forget about Sunday and hopefully we'll be talking in a more positive frame of mind before the weekend. Thanks for listening.